Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host here, Tom Quee. I want to kick off, as I always do, by saying thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate everyone that subscribes, everyone that likes, everyone that comments, that tweets us. We're at Metallica Pod. If you want to follow us, you want updates on the show, you want to get in contact with me there. You want to do a bit more of a long-form correspondence, uh, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Please get in touch with me there. Any of your Metallica stories, any feedback on songs that we've done, songs that we're going to do. Maybe you want to come on the show, like my guest today has done. Get in contact with me there. Great to hear from you. I'm... You know, I'm loving having this wide diaspora of fans from all over the globe on the show to, to share this journey uh, through Metallica. So, yeah, please hit us up on there. As I say, subscribe as well. Go through the old episodes. You've, you know, this is about, it's like the 10th episode. Probably got 12 things. We've got an interview on there with Paul Brannigan, the Kerrang! editor, which is really, really good. Anyone that might be aware of the Angry Video Game Nerd, kind of a sort of YouTube cult star, got like 2 million subs, had him on the show recently. Should be on, on the channel live now. I hope it was good. Looking back, it hasn't actually happened yet. It's actually recording it tomorrow. Finally, the Patreon. We've got a Patreon. Alpha Metallica. The link will be in the description there. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica, as I say. You want to support us. You want to get access to premium content, episodes before they come out, all that good stuff. Check us out on the Patreon. But yeah, really excited to get into the song, get into the guest. All the way from Dallas, it's Eddie. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm I'm well, man. I'm well. And one of the you know the, one of the first things you said when you emailed me, which I thought was so awesome, was you've been a fan of Metallica since 1988. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, you know, that makes me feel kind of old, right. but I know there's, you know, especially after going to the show recently, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, you right. know? Right, right, right. So, I mean, 1988, set a scene for me. How old were you? Where did you first see them? Yeah, I was 10 years old. I was uh, kind of stuck in that rabbit hole of, you know, getting into Def Leppard, Van Halen, Scorpions. You know, rock was definitely taken over. Um, and believe it or not, I was riding down the road with my dad one day and he's mm. like, hey, you know, we saw this interview with this band Metallica. You know, it seems like they sing about politics instead of just, you know, nightclubs and drugs and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of them, you know, but it was a little maybe over my head at the time. And uh, they actually bought me Justice for All for Christmas. And um, I got that on my first guitar on the same day. And it's... <sighs> It's been all over ever since then. What a gift. What a Christmas. Like, yeah, that, that, changed everything. <laughs> it's funny actually you mentioned that because I, I'm just walking home. I'm sort of, I have my sort of alphabetical Metallica playlist. So I tend to sort of listen around about what we're doing. So I was doing Attitude today and we have sort of um, Blackened coming up quite soon as well. And I was listening to it and I was just like, I was just, you know, I was vibing out. I was like, I fucking love this song. I listen to this song millions of times. It never fails to get me good. I, I like the idea of you on Christmas morning just popping that CD in and that just main riff kicks. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the cassette. It Yo, actually right. predated the CD, and you know, I'll never forget it. That you know, inverted intro, and, and then that main riff, and yeah, it was just I still remember it. Oh, oh, I just yeah, it, it, very very enviable, really. As I said a few times on the show now, you know, I kind of got to Metallica a bit later, really. You know, almost I guess almost fifteen years later than you got involved with them, and you really were there for the sort of the you know the glory days to witness them kind of break into the mainstream, quote unquote, and go further. What what was it like? Because uh, so what you must have been about what like thirteen, fourteen when Black Album came out. Uh yeah, yeah. I think I was uh, thirteen at the time, and you know, it's it's crazy to think back because you know I got the Justice record and. And then I go back, I get the first three, I get Garage Days. So the Black Album's the first record I'm waiting for. Mm. Um, so when you kind of say things like the Glory Days, it, it's weird because, yes, I saw them just destroy the mainstream and come out. Yeah. But then I was also seeing people move away from them for the first time. Mm. 
um, when the Black Album came out. So, I mean, I was only in eighth grade, so it wasn't like my buddies were like, you know, giving me too much grief about it. But, you know, when, when I went to, I actually saw them for the first time on the Black Album tour um, when I was 14. And you, wow. you felt the division. I mean, you felt it then. You felt people like, you know, there, were, I'm, there was a guy sitting right next to me. He was an old hardcore fan, master puppet satin tour jacket, and right. he, he was passed out by the third song. Couldn't have been. <laughs> You know, so, yeah. um, but yeah, as far as the success and just, yeah, it was everywhere. You couldn't escape. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I think it still sells in excess of like a thousand copies a week now. Like, yeah. it's, you know, because it, it powered through those five massive singles and, and, you know, the deep cuts as well. The whole, the whole album's fantastic throughout. Yeah, it was just absolute, you know, behemoth. Like a, a dream come true, really, as well. Like Metallica sort of broke into the mainstream their own way, but they did it in kind of a commercial way. You know what I mean? The songs are still great, but it's not like a sort of Pantera record where it's quite difficult and obscure. Like it's quite broad isn't it yeah it's not your that's a good point like there's a lot a lot of people talk about far beyond driven being mm. like the first real metal record because it is a pretty aggressive record um was that was that the one was that the one i think that um was, Cow, was cowboys it? from hell was a sort of the the breakthrough breakthrough but yeah far beyond driven was after i believe i'm not like a pantera expert yeah so that i remember that came out after the black album in high school and hit number one and that was kind of a big deal um you're right. I mean, a little more aggressive, not easily accessible, certainly no ballads on there. Mm. And, um, you know, the song we're digging in today, Attitude, is off uh, Reload. I mean, talk to me again about being a fan in that era. It must have been, like, because it was, like, what, five years between Black Album and Load? It was such a You know, a lifetime. I mean, the Black Album came out right before I started eighth grade, and when Load came out, it was 96. So <laughs> I had I had no new Metallica record, with the exception of Binge and Purge, the entire time I was in high school. Crazy. Um, so yeah, a lifetime in between and, you know, those years kind of bled together. I mean, load came out and then it was like a year later reload was out. Um, so it just, I mean, I was out of high school when load came out. So my tastes were changing. I was evolving a little bit. I was ready for a record like, like load, Mm, mm. um, reload. But if it would have come out when I was in 10th grade, it might've been a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I can understand the old guy in the you know Master of Puppets jacket falling asleep, maybe a little bit of load, perhaps. But I think yeah. you know Black Album it wasn't wasn't such a test. Like, what was the reaction? I, I realize I'm asking you to you know think back a long time now, but do you remember? Because again, that was divisive, even more than Black Album. Yeah, I mean, the load period, the haircuts. I mean, mm. I know people joke about it now. It's kind of like a byline of the period, but it really was such a yeah. huge deal all the magazines were hitting the shelves and you know the hair was gone and people were like what what is this and you know further betrayal from metallica you know and it it really was just you're either a metallica fan or you're not and i think that's what kind of separated the hardcore fans who are just they want to be along for the journey and i think that period is very similar to like if you look at the careers like u2 and rush it's bands that ebb and flow try new things Mm -hmm. peaks and valleys that's what makes them interesting and that's what keeps them around and that's why i've always been such a big fan i want to be challenged um and there's certainly been some times later on where maybe i wasn't challenged and i was missing some of that some of that experimental vibe of 96 through 98 yeah yeah and i th- i think kind of that's going to form a keystone of my argument really like i don't know about you i, I you know obviously we haven't discussed this before going on air but for me attitude it's it's kind of a remnant of what I don't like about this era, I have to say. Like, I think it's a little, you know, we're going to use the word throughout the entire podcast so many times, Lars summed it up best. It's a little stock. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that kind of, 
that retreating guitar line that sort of opens it up there, which I don't really know what it's doing. And then we have Hetfield kind of calling out, you know, one, two, three. But it kind of, I, I, when he did that, my initial thought was the All Night Mare Long um, off Death Magnet, which is like, one, right. two. And like, that really has a, when it, when it kicks in, you're like, bloody hell, like this riff is white knuckle. Whereas everything about attitude, it, 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 it lacks attitude, for want of a better word. <laughs> but I don't know how you feel, uh, Eddie, you know. You know, think, thinking back to that, you know, when the Black Album came out, you know, the, the fastest song prior to that was Dyer's Eve. Mm. So now you're just seeing them continually slowing down. So at that point, the fastest song on the record is, is Through the Never a Struggle Within. So by the time you get to Reload, you're like, you're dying for anything yeah. with a slight upbeat tempo. Uh-huh. So I remember when that came out, gravitating to that song, gravitating to Prince Charming, gravitating to Fuel. Anything that had just a little yeah. bit yeah. Yeah. Of, of, you know, give me something, um, you know, never thinking we'd get back to the point we are now where you get a hardwired and a double bass and triplets mm, and this mm. other stuff. So, you know, I definitely liked the song a lot when it came out. I gravitated to it. I liked the bending, the bluesy guitar stuff yeah. with the up tempo um, and things like that. Let's, listening back to it now, it's been quite a while since I've listened to it. Right. It, it's, it does not hold up for sure. Um, stock is definitely applicable in this case and um there's there's an element of cheese to that to the song for sure like Mm. the thing about the black album and load i feel like there was a lot of internal catharsis with hetfield lyrically song topic wise so there's a lot to relate to and then you kind of get to something like attitude and the whole thing just felt like a little bit of a chest beating you know come on i'm a tough guy and yeah yeah i'm not not so into that so i think um you know music wise as well as lyrically it was you know, a little off base. Yeah, yeah, I think totally fair. Um, at the moment, I'm reading Mick Wall's Enter Night, which is probably like my seventh Metallica biography that I've read in as many months. It's really good. I want to urge people to, to get it, though. It's fantastic. He was kind of a, you know, I think he reviewed Master of Puppets originally in Kerrang! Like, you know, he's kind of been there from day dot. And he tears into Load and Reload. Like, he hates them. And his, his review of Attitude, very quick review here, quote, Attitude was another bottom-of-the-barrel song, presumably about James's hunting fetish but sounded more like rat in their heyday uh, that's not far off i mean yeah. i i have the book i've read it for sure i mean it, it, the thing about that period too is surprisingly the slower tempo songs are the better songs from a mm. songwriting perspective i mean a carpet diem baby or a fixer things like that even unforgiven two i mean yeah. those are pretty well written but every time they tried to put the gas on it just kind of fell apart yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, um, Mick as well just concludes, you know, whatever happened to Sweat uh, is what James bellows, and he asks, whatever happened to riveting riffs and impassioned lyrics? And, you know, Mick, I feel you, and I think the problem for me mainly are the lyrics. I think they're god-awful. I think, I think they're really, really bad. Let me kill you for a while. Just let me kill you for a smile. Like, what? what, what? I don't, again, I kind of get the hunting thing there. And it's all like James talking in these kind of tired aphorisms. I'm never satisfied. Satisfaction this way comes. You know, throw your bullet. It's just, it's very empty. Like, you know, you don't, like, I think I think Metallica like, are rare amongst rock bands, metal bands, whatever. Where the lyrics are, for the most part, pretty good. You know, um, they're, they're pretty powerful. But it's, he ain't Shakespeare, Eddie, here. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. When when he starts singing, you you can see the sneer on his face. Like he's yeah. he's singing it sarcastically. He's yeah, got a little yeah. bit of that thing, and it's like I don't really think that's really what we want out of that. No, no, and you know, the song also is quite long. 
Like, it, it, you know, it really outstays its welcome. It's 5 minutes 17, um, you know, and it doesn't really do anything interesting. I couldn't really... Like, when you were saying the blues guitar earlier, I do agree. Like, I think if you were to listen to it isolated, it's quite you know, basic, really, like, um, I don't know if they have these in the States, but in, in the UK, we have what's called rock school, which is kind of like a guitar qualification, it, I know it sounds really weird, but basically, it's like, um, grades, so, and the main thing is, they give you backing tracks, and you do solos, and they always, kind of, in the book, show you, sort of, a solo that someone's done to give you, a, but it's always quite bad, it's always quite basic, and this reminded me of a rock school solo, like, it's just kind of, it's there, and it's kind of, it's working its way around, but, Kirk, he just seems, he really didn't seem challenged in this period compared to, I mean, you mentioned Dyer's Eve before and, and that, that sort of stuff is just so good compared to this. Yeah, it's it's wild. I, I listened to the song three times before we, we got on this today and mm. it just, the solo goes right past you. Like mm. there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I know he tried to step away from things being too structured and there's a fine line between structured and loose and things like mm. that. But it, it kind of just feels like several songs on Reload, they're just not really finished. They're not a yeah. complete thought and they're just kind of out there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, I, you know, I've not got too much more really to say on a- <laughs> attitude. It's just it's just because, you know, and obviously you're the same, um, you know, even more so, Eddie. Like, when you're a Metallica fan, you're blessed, really, because you witness such zeniths, like such performances and songs and all the guys are great. And it's just quality throughout. The band really are a quality thing. So when they do something like this, which I think attitude is kind of the definition of filler to me. Like, I just, I think it, it, it's up there with better than you as well off Reload, which is just really... I don't know, just a very empty song. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't really dig that one either. But th- th- that's why I'm being harsh. Like, I, but I think most people are kind of in agreement that attitude perhaps isn't, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's not creeping death. I'll say that. Much. Yeah, and and I think the band would say the same thing. I mean, yeah. you you watch some kind of monster and how they're sitting at the table talking about how they kind of would try to make they can make any song become a song on a record. You know, if they beat it to the ground enough mm-hmm. and i think they would probably agree that hey it's it's just kind of there it's part of the catalog but it's not going to win any awards yeah and I, I think it's quite telling actually where it's one of the few songs i think there's about 10 15 songs in their back catalog that they've never played live and you know this is one of them and you know i don't i guess this would work live i don't i don't think anyone would welcome i think if they did it on the hardwired toured not dude they're doing attitude like you know i don't think anyone would uh be excited in that extent but but you know I, clearly it's something they don't want to kind of put forefront there you know and i think you know it should just remain on reload in the in the end section yep a little time capsule we'll yeah, keep yeah. it there 97 <laughs> yeah, exactly but um obviously the band you know are still alive they're still incredibly vibrant dominant they're you know they're touring america at the moment and you saw them like three days ago in dallas is that right Yes, the neck is still sore. The vocal cords are still a little raw, um, feeling a little beat up. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk us, because like I've been watching, you know, feverishly all their sort of thank you videos. You know, the videos they do of sort of going through the uh, the city or whatever and showing you all the fans and stuff and the support acts and nothing else matters plays on that kind of, you know, classical composition. There. It's brilliant. Talk me through the day. Let's live vicariously through you. So, <laughs> like, when do you, you get to the stadium? Um, like, I'm guessing quite early. It's are on weekends, aren't they? These shows are like all day things. Yeah, this one, this one uh, was on a Friday. So, oh, right. yeah. uh, got there at about two o'clock. Picked my brother up from the airport. We headed right over. Um, you know, because we we got into the, we won the snake pit contest. So, we needed to go pick those passes up, mm. make sure that went smoothly and there was no issues there. And so it's just you know it's one of those things. There's a lot of waiting. You know, we get there at yep. two. We know the band's not going on until like eight o'clock or nine o'clock. 
so it was just a lot of anticipation and you know by the time five or six o'clock hit you know uh it was it was starting to get packed and you know we went down on the floor to kind of check out the snake pit like let's see how this works how do we get Mm -hmm. in how do we get out and you see the pictures and it it really doesn't do justice to how close you really are it's 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 out of control um so the place, you know, I think the place holds between seventy and 80,000 people, and it was jam-packed. It was a sellout, and, um, you know, Avenged Sevenfold had a really good crowd. It was pretty full, and, you know, it, it's just so hard to describe. This is, like, I think my 21st or 22nd show. and Oh, my God. Re- that many? I didn't realize. That's, that's insane, man. And it's probably low. You know, you're talking to some other people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in the hundreds or the fifties. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I'm not working hard enough, but... Um, but yeah, and it's like it's just one of those experiences where um, you know I've had some crazy live experiences with them over the years, but I've never seen them in a, an environment like that where they're that close to you. You know, we're hanging out on the wedge. I'm literally a two two feet away from the mic. You know, head sweating on you. You know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just it's sensory overload. I mean, it's really hard to fathom what you're seeing. Uh, yeah, un- unbelievable, man. So, so good. I mean, where would you... Obviously, you saw them in the Black Album, first of all, so you've got quite the gamut of experience. H- how would you rank this incarnation live? Um, I think I've heard you talk a couple times about how on top of their game they are. And I, yeah. I have to really talk to that because I feel like Lars and Rob, from a tempo perspective, I don't think they've been this solid mm. with their tempos probably since Jason was in the band. Because um, once St. Anger came out, they, they they went out on tour. You know, Sometimes it felt like when they played Master of Puppets, it was like they threw the song down the steps. I mean, it was just, it was chaos. And I think yeah. there's a place for that. You know, it, mm-hmm. I mean, in a live perspective, I mean, we're used to them when you listen to them on the Puppets tour, just the tempos are out of control. And yeah. I think they've really reeled it in. I think Lars is focusing more on staying in the pocket, staying in the beat. Him and Rob are working very well together with that. And, mm-hmm. I don't think I've I've seen them that tight since probably probably with with Newstead in 2000 on their last tour together. Oh so God. and Hetfield's voice, you can tell that he is taking care of it. He's working on it. Um, Kirk, just tight. Everybody's tight. Mm-hmm. Um, say what you want about their age. You know whether Lars maybe bypasses a few double double bass hits or some fills, but what he sacrifices there is giving you better quality. I think of the songs and performance as a whole. Yeah, 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 no, completely. And they're not, in the grand scheme of things, they're not that old. Like, you know, they're, they're early 50s. You know, you, you would think they'd at least go for another album or two, hopefully. That's the hope, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you talk about Lars, and he'll talk about it in interviews, it's it, his age is the wild card. You know, Stones can play into their 80s. It's a different ball game. Mm. Um, but but Lars, the thing is, he's a heavy hitter. He's, yeah. not, he's not somebody like Lombard, Lombardo. He kind of, he flows. He just... You know, he he's more almost more of like a punk rock drummer in the mm. regards that he's he's all about just he's a heavy hitter. So, you know, they just continue to take care of themselves. And you know, I think ten years ago I questioned whether they would still be at the level they're at now, and they they keep surprising me. So, who knows what will happen five years from now? I mean, after the record we just have, come on, bring it on. Let's let's yeah. do it again. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I read an interview with Rob recently saying that he still thinks they haven't made their best record together, kind of as as the revitalized four, which is uh, you know quite 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 teasing there. And I'm just looking at the at the set list here. So we had Hardwired into Atlas Rise, which is uh, you know a great double punch. Then into Bells as well for the third song. Love that. 
Yeah, oh, dynamite. God. Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, they didn't play Creeping Death. I can see on this set, which is um, a sh- but but still, like, and what I love is as well, all these new songs. I, I imagine, at least from what I've heard, like, I, but they were received warmly, like you know, because the reception's been so great. Yeah, I mean the the openers. I mean those two songs together, just it's just dynamite. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them premiere some new songs. You know, when they come around on the next tour before, and it's you know the crowd was not nearly as into it as they were this time because those songs just hold up. Um, I think the only time it took a little bit of a dip might've been halo. I think that might've gone over maybe some people's heads. If you look at that set list, this is the first time in a long time they're consistently playing just the massive hits, all five classics off the black album. Yeah. Um, So they know how to keep people in the palm of their hand. So I think that was the only time I remember there being any sort of a, a dip but it was minor at that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah no you are right yeah and then kind of pepping it in where with memory remains as well one of course seek and destroy black and only oh mad madness this set list absolutely brilliant did you um did you see because I've, I've noticed they've been doing their sort of live stream of their tuning room did you watch any of that stuff no the way that worked is i guess you know when you're in the venue it's a little difficult yeah you on your phone and whatnot um but I was having, you know, cell service. It's kind of the way AT&T Stadium is. It's a cl- an enclosed dome. Mm. So ironically enough, you know, I'm an AT&T customer and I lost service. I mean, <laughs> I know what that's all about. But uh, so, yeah, I didn't, didn't really – I didn't see anybody really checking that out. I mean, we were all kind of taking in Event Sevenfold and just getting ready for the main event. And I'm sure we'll probably all go back and – watch what's on youtube now catch yeah, up yeah 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 they um they put them all on there and you know they're really cool to go through and just see the sort of songs they're picking through as well and sort of i think ain't my bitch is one they've been working on recently so maybe they're going to debut that which would be cool actually like i'm not the biggest fan of the load era as a whole but that is a good song and i would like to see them sort of do that justice you know that'd be interesting but um Eddie, this is this has been great, man. Going through the going through attitude, you know, catching up on all this stuff. Um, is there any sort of where's you'd like to hawk? Do you, do you have a podcast yourself, or is there anything? Uh, like... No, no. I uh, you know I thought about it over the years, but you know you and and then the other one that's out there, um, you guys are doing a great job. So no, I'm just you know this is a nice break for me because you know I'm kind of a I went back to school after a lot of years. So this it's been a great year for Metallic, and you know thanks a lot for having me on. Oh no, of course, of course. And I, I just want to say as well, I was listening to um, the guys Ethan and Clint. You just mentioned Metal Up your podcast. They just did top ten uh, artwork, which was quite cool actually. They went for all the artwork stuff, and they mentioned at the end there's now another Metallica podcast. Um, it's called Speak and Destroy. <laughs> and I, I think it's one of their friends, one of their musician friends, and he actually had M Shadows on as his first interview guest. Um, hey, so, that's yeah, that's yeah, 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 that's that's really cool. I uh, haven't checked that out yet, but definitely shout out to Speak and Destroy as well. I'm sure we'll cross paths as well. Uh, of course, please subscribe to the show. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us at Metallica Pods. Uh, comment, all that good stuff. Check out our Patreon as well. Thank you so much to everyone that's been downloading. It's really appreciated. And Eddie, again, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Take care.